You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the T-Shay Show. I'm Tika, and my co-host isn't available today. So um, today is Sip Something, Spit Something Saturday here on the T-Shay Show. Our guest today, we have uh, K-Stacks. He's going to be coming, and Snapdog. And I'm just waiting on him to get here in the studio. So you guys are going to spend a little time with me today. What's up, Dave? I guess it's me and you for a little uh, bit. Just another week of fun and excitement. It's, you know, I, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> me too. You know, I had a busy week. Um, what did I do? You know, I've just been planning, you know, different things for the show mm-hmm. for the upcoming month in February. Um, we have a few special guests that's going to cool. come on. You know, so I'm a little excited about that. And um, that's basically it, you know, being a mom and, you know, with this uh, virtual learning. Oh, that's it's been keeping me very, very busy. Yeah, I've got I've got two. I've got a daughter that's 13 and a son that's 11. Um, and it's not enjoyable. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they changed everything. Like, I don't under I, I don't get like I'm a pretty logical guy and I don't understand how they're trying to teach math now. And I, you know, and just some of that stuff just utterly blows my mind. And so I'm like, all right, well, tell you what, we're going to, I'm just going to teach you how I learned it. And then if your teacher has a problem with that, they can come talk to me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't really get them, uh, the kids, you know, during this virtual learning, I don't really think that they are really learning. Um, I mean, I, I, I see them. Like I see mine struggling a little bit more with some with some, but I mean it's it's the same stuff they struggled with when they were in class, right? So I think it's just different. Like they don't have the necessarily the the easy access to the teachers and that kind of stuff. Because even with you know they have the dedicated sessions and they have you know yeah you can email for help. It's just it's not the same as being in class and being able to just like kind of throw your hand up and be like okay I don't get it right. I totally agree. And then, you know, the teacher's always like, you know, go grab a parent. Go grab a parent. <laughs> and well, in the sad reality, is, and then again, well, you're teaching them something that we don't understand. That, I mean, like, like, don't get me wrong. Okay, social studies, great. Sat down, helped my kid with his project about, you know, the colonies and Jamestown and all that stuff because that's history. That, that That's just there. Okay, easy enough. But th- this Common core math and and the way that they do things, um, not not a fan. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. You know, and then um, what mine do? I have a five year old and I have a seven year old. Okay, okay. The five year old he goes to school, you know, to a center, and then the seven year old he just does the virtual learning at home. Okay, and um, it's a lot of distractions at home. Like the TV and things like that that they like to do. So in, oh, for sure, yeah. So instead of like on their lunch break, whereas when they were in school, you know, maybe they would uh, converse with their friends right. or you know maybe play on outside for recess. Mm-hmm. Now he's gonna turn on YouTube and watch somebody else play a video game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, very familiar with the concept. Right. But other than that, um, it's been pretty, you know, smooth selling for me. Yeah. You know, honestly, right now, like just been talking with uh, the folks here at Detroit Shipping Company a lot, just as far as, 
you know, what their game plan is for when things start to open up on Monday. Okay. Um, you know, because, I mean, that's that's going to be the interesting shift is, you know, the bars and restaurants can go to 25% indoor capacity uh, starting Monday. So it's going to be interesting to see, but with a 10 p.m. curfew. Right. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Because, like, last night, man, I was – last night – I ran shows until I was here till 10, 1030. Um, and then luckily made the decision not to go hit a bar afterwards and didn't really even drink when I was here. Um, I saw not one, not two, not three, but four uh, people get pulled over on 94 last night on my drive home. Um, I'm guessing at least three of them. I feel pretty safe in guessing they are, they were DUIs Ooh, um, wow. just because of how erratically they were driving. And so here's the thing. If people, if you think it might be a cop behind you, <laughs> suddenly erratically changing lanes, trying to get around, like try, that, that, that's not, all that does is flag them harder that they need to stop you and talk to you. Let's, let's be clear. Um, so yeah, there were four and it's, you know, it made a 20 minute drive home. Um, so yeah, the cops are out getting ready to, uh, for things to reopen again too. Uh, so yeah, be safe kids. That's yeah. Nobody, nobody wants a DUI. I know. I've seen a lot of police out over the last week too, and I. It makes me wonder. Like, are they uh, getting some type of bonus, or do they have to meet a quota in the beginning of the year? Why are they out so much? Uh, honestly, I just I think as you're seeing the as more and more people are starting to go out you're starting to see the need for an increase in patrols and that kind of stuff. Um, just because, I mean, it, it, dude, if everybody's, if everybody's at home, cops basically just go answer calls. I mean, that that's it. But, I mean, you're starting to see more traffic on the roads. You're starting to see, you know, more, you know, people getting out and about. And so, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I get it. Um, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the beginning of the year is really a thing. I mean, yeah, I know we're at the, at the end of the month that everybody always makes the jokes about end of the month quotas and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I, I think it's, it's been the wild, like, especially, dude, a 90, like, 696 has always been like a speedway. Like, that's, they've always, you, like, 80 miles an hour is the minimum there. But 94 has always been like, cause they, cause for whatever reason, 94 is 55 miles an hour. Okay. And there's always like packs of cars. That are all doing about like between 60 and 63. Okay. Like that's, a, and then occasionally you'll get somebody whipping by in the fast lane. Well, now those like, and this has been for the last year almost, like since it probably, I think April was the first time I came down here um, after all the nonsense happened in March. And now those packs of cars are doing like 80. And you'll and you'll still get the occasional ones whipping by. Yeah. And so it doesn't surprise. So that's why I said like it doesn't surprise me that there are more cops out because I've seen like there been I'm like dude like I'm doing 75 in a 55 and you're flying by me. So you got to be doing like 85. You're lucky I'm not a cop. Like or you know or heaven forbid like what are you gonna do when there's a cop around that corner? So I get why they're sitting at like especially like I said it it doesn't surprise me that I saw so many on 94 because I've seen so many people doing stupid shit on 94. Mm, mm, mm. I mean if you're gonna make it easy like if you're gonna make it easy for them why wouldn't they just park there and and clock you off why why not right yeah do you have road rage uh no not really i mean i'm i'm so laid back like unless you're doing something horribly stupid like if you're the person that decides like so i truly believe if you are in the fast lane of a highway it is your moral obligation to be going faster than the person behind you wants to go Okay. So I don't care. Like, so I don't care if you're already, like, for example, if you're already doing 80 and a 55, 
if you're in the fast lane and there is a car behind you on your ass, either accelerate or get out of the fast lane. Right. And, and because that it's not your lane, like that's supposed to be a passing lane and somebody is trying to pass you. And yes, you might already be doing 25 over, but that's not your responsibility. You are not the police. Right. You are not the person that's there to try to keep everybody else going you know, slower. Mm-hmm. So just get out the way and, and let them go do their thing. Right. I totally agree. You know, and then you have some drivers that just drive irate. You know, and oh yeah, <laughs> and, so and like honestly, like I said, I don't get run, like I, but I, like I'm the person that I'll, dude, I'll back off to I'll, like I will either like if I see somebody that's like really super aggressively driving or like trying to weave in and out of lanes, trying to get some. And to me, there is nothing funnier than seeing one of those people that like has cut cars off and been weaving in and out of traffic and all that shit, trying to get somewhere fast. And then five minutes later, you see them pulled over on the side of the road. Like that's, that's just beautiful to me. I, I absolutely love that. Um, but, but no, I mean, like I'll back off and just, you know, you know, dude, I'm in no rush. There's nowhere, <laughs> there is nowhere you have to get to that's worth being a dick. Like just it just isn't right. Like I, you know, it's like today I was running a little. Like I just I wasn't paying attention to the time. Mm-hmm. Our first show down here was at three o'clock. I usually like to be here, like especially before a first show, like at least fifteen minutes, if not thirty minutes early. Mm-hmm. And that did not happen today. Um, I got here about five minutes before the show was supposed to start. And but I wasn't gonna do ninety. I went. No, I'll be there when I get there. I should have enough time. And if I don't, eh, I'll call them and we'll figure it out. Like right. they're they're good guys. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think women drive better than men or worse? Uh see, I'm not a sweeping generalization. Fan. <laughs> um, I know some women that are phenomenal drivers. I know some I women that are just shit drivers. But the same thing's true with men. Um, it it does make me nuts. Like I don't have to deal with it as much anymore these days. But like the mo- uh, nobody does really. But like the morning commute when I would when I would be in like <laughs> highway traffic and watching women do what I would call the Revlon dashboard. Okay. Um, where like they're driving, you know, 50, 60, 70 miles an hour while putting their makeup on. Okay. Like that, I'd be like, like that's one of the, I'm like, okay, either I'm going to fly by you and get the hell away from you, or I'm just going to back off and, cause I don't want, I, yeah, cause then you're not, you're not paying attention to the road. You're not paying attention to what's going on around you. Too many bad things can happen at that point. Um, but then again, there was a guy and I would see him twice a week who would eat, literally eating a bowl of cereal while driving. And oh, I'm like, how, how is he doing that? I driving with his knees and eating a bowl of cereal. Like I just, it, it dumbest shit ever. But like I said, so it's, it's, it, there are equal opportunity idiots. <laughs> so there are equal opportunity idiots. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, let me ask you this, Dave, how long have you been doing this? Uh, you've so been doing, we uh, started our show, uh, June of 2013. Okay. So we are coming up on eight years of that. Uh, we launched podcast to Detroit in July of 2015. So we're about five and a half years with that. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. You know, do you enjoy it? Oh God. Yeah. Do you ever get bored? Uh, honestly, no. I mean, it's, I, I when, when, like the first episode of our show, I realized that microphones were like crack to me. Um, <laughs> and, but even like I, so that like I keep I keep telling people like our show is still the fastest two hours of my life every week, mm. um, and because it's just it's a rush and and I've always told people like if you if you don't have that feeling you're not doing it right okay. like either you're talking about the wrong topic or you're talking about it with the wrong people just whatever, um, 
And I love seeing that same look on other people's faces. Like I like when people have a great time doing their show. I like when it's, you know, good comedy, you know, and, and it doesn't always have to mean it's, you know, wild or crazy or any of that shit. I mean, there are very like the, the guys that are in here after you. Uh, it's it, it, the real Vino talk guys. Very laid back, very quiet. They kind of talk like this, but good, <laughs> but good conversations. Okay. Like, and it's and it's and it's a good, it's a good show. That's good. Um, so I mean, it's yeah. I mean, and it's it's. A, I think the best analogy we've come up with is that doing this, it's almost like we built a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Because you've got like you know the Monday night leagues and everybody takes it really seriously, and you got guys with bags of balls and arm braces and they're betting on shit and all that crap. And then, like, Friday night rolls around and people just want to get drunk and whip balls down the lane. Yeah. Not, neither one is wrong. You know, it just, it's, it's what you want to do with it. And we do. We have, you know, we have shows that take things incredibly seriously. And we have shows that just kind of want to get hammered and listen to themselves on mics. Cool. Um, you know, it, it just, it's, it's, it, there's no, one of the fascinating things about this to me is that there are no right or wrong answers. Like there, there are no rules. There are no, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's just, it's, it's such a, a freeing dynamic. Oh, okay. Well, I think I'm going to do like a, a call to figure out like, you know, one of, I'm going to call one of my ah. v- viewers and ask them, like, is it a topic that they would like me to discuss with them real quick? Okay. Okay. So let me see. Who am I going to call? We're going to call Chef V. Ryan. <laughs> She's going to. Hey, Chef V. Ryan. This is Tika from the T-Shay Show. What's up? from the Touche Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I was calling today to see, is uh, was there any topic that you would like me to hit on today on the Touche Show? And me and you could uh, talk about it for about, for a little while. Uh, I don't know. You totally caught me off guard while I'm driving. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Let's, let's talk about... Go ahead. Uh, no. Anything to do with women and entrepreneurship. Like, <laughs> we all got our little businesses going, but how do we make them better? Like, how do we, you know, get our stuff popping? How do we get our stuff popping? Well, I think that first thing first, we have to be able to uh, reach out to other women that may be resourceful to us to move to the next place. So I, it, I think, you know, you have, you have to be, uh, to network with other women, you know, that's important. Yeah. Then just network with people, period. But you were saying women in entrepreneurship. So yeah, you have to network with other women and, uh, you know, just put your best foot forward. Don't be afraid to fail, I think. That's true. Um, it's a lot of a lot of lessons in like running your own business, like a lot of weeding or not weeding, I would say, but a lot of trial and error, like seeing what's working for you, what's not working for you. But I think that that's a good idea. You hit on like coming together, like and not being afraid to come together. Like it's okay. Like I feel like I want to, you know, help somebody, even though like my business is still growing like you can't be afraid to like help people even if you're not where you want to be but like still to push through like because you never know who you'll meet in a 
you know, in the process. I totally agree. Now, uh, Veronica, is there anything that you are working on? Like far as your business, what you have going on as a female entrepreneur? As a female entrepreneur, I have a course, like I have a few little things going on right now. Um, I'm also, with Chef B-Ron, I'm working on a total like rebranding and just becoming a little bit more professional. Like I'm in the midst of like creating a website, getting all of my stuff online so people can, so I can make it easier and more convenient for people to order meals online. They don't have to call me or DM me or any of that like so I'm trying to put that in together I also am working on a few things with um my sister and her husband we own the BVM group as well as Rebel Detroit so like we're working on uh doing more events like we have a lot of events and stuff coming up uh just small private events trying to get our name out there with that um I'm working on something in the works with you know cannabis kitchen okay i'm very um, interested in in that i cannot wait till you manifest it man what i cannot wait i'm super excited and then i got something that i'm working on on the side i don't really want to say yet because it's not fully developed but when it is i'll be more than happy to share okay so let me ask you um what type of food do you cook what is your specialty Okay, so I was talking to my boss the other day, and she was like, you don't want to limit yourself because you're a chef, so anything that you can cook, you can learn how to cook, so I don't want to limit myself by saying, like, I don't cook uh, certain things, like, I can cook anything, but my specialty, I feel like I I like to do, like, more uh, finer cuisines, like, uh, with more, using more things of the earth like I like to use like a lot of natural products like not so much flavor my food with like herbs and spices instead of seasoning I think that's important especially like in our culture like we you know sometimes we just eat what's out there you know but we don't have a real presence like really good healthier like as far as like ingredients like options like I use like the best ingredients because I want my people who I sell dinners to to have the best experience so I don't necessarily like have a specific genre that I cook in like I cook really what I come up with a lot of stuff but like really just like a finer a, a elevated food like more elevated food I believe yeah I do you said that's your style well, I had the pleasure of tasting some of your food, and I must say that it is very delish, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you did my husband's birthday party. That was real good. Everybody, you know, gave the lobster tail good reviews and everything. Yes, I'm so, I was so, I, I thank y'all again for letting me do that because that was just, I love cooking and I'm so glad that y'all were happy by it. Like, I'm glad y'all liked it. It's good to, it feels good when people like actually like your food. Like, I still be surprised at myself, even though I've been cooking for a while. Like, oh my God, like they still like it. Like, I still get geeked up about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's because you really love what you do. I do. And how long have you been cooking? Uh, I've been cooking for a, I've been cooking since I was little, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, my whole family, like, cooks, but, like, it's crazy because we all cook, but nobody really taught me, like, how to cook, so I've been cooking since I was little, I just started taking it seriously, like, within, like, the last three years, I feel like, um, 
my sister and Marlon like really pushed me to like start doing dinners and start putting myself out there. So like that all happened within like, of course, like right before the pandemic, but it really took off during the pandemic because people had time and money you know, extra money and needed something to eat. Everything was closed. So that's when I swooped in. So it really took off. Like my cooking really took off like in the past year, Um, you know, but all I needed was that little push from my boyfriend and my sister and like my family just telling me it's okay to do it. But it really, just like you said, like about not being scared to like put yourself out there. Like, even if you may fail like a few times, but like, I've been cooking, you know, so like that was really cool. <laughs> you said that was really cool. <laughs> well, um, thank you, Veronica, V-Ron, Chef V-Ron, for uh, giving us a little insight on what it is that you do. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, black women and entrepreneurship. Thanks for calling. No, thank you for calling me <laughs> again. Uh, also... Um, I send you the link. Uh, I send you the link again. But I'm also, I also did. Um, I'm in this competition uh, for okay. Petite Magazine. So you guys like can vote for me. I'll send the link. You know, maybe you can post it on your page. I will. I will post it on a t-shirt. Yep, I surely will. And Thank I wish you, you in the best you. of luck in that competition, girl. Thank you. And I love y'all over at the t-shirt show. This is one of my favorite podcast and i'm gonna always support y'all y'all got a diehard fan right here oh thank you all right talk to you later talk to you later bye bye oh yeah that was cool dave entrepreneurship is a weird topic like it's i I don't it's one of those things where what makes me laugh is the vast majority of people that i see talking about entrepreneurship have never been an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, so it's nice to hear somebody that's actually going through it and, and doing it because I, it, yeah, uh, it's, it, I think it's, it's been funny to me over the course of this year with everything going on where you had so many people that were trying to push the message so hard that like, okay, well now's the time to become an entrepreneur. Like, okay, now's the time when it's literally harder than it's ever been yeah to get something off the ground now's the time um and i and i think like and that's that's a message that i it's a message that i don't think enough people hear and understand Mm -hmm. like not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur like like the world needs worker bees and that's fine and there are some people that are perfectly happy being worker bees yes and let them be worker bees don't try to shame them into thinking they have to leave their job and risk everything to go do something else just because you found a meme and 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 thought that it spoke to you. Um, mm-hmm. It's but no, and like one of the things she mentioned is, I mean, that's honestly that one of the biggest things that I've found um, over the years doing this stuff is that you're going to fail and you're going to fail often. Um, and that's one of the key, like if you want, if you really want to get, like you have to be able to recognize early Okay. And fast where a failure point is coming um, and then walk away from it and, and figure out like that, you know, just, hey, that's not going to work out and, and pull the, you know, pull the bandaid off um, or pull the ripcord before you let yourself get too wrapped up and it drags you down further. OK. <laughs> OK, K Stacks, we in the studio. We waiting on you. All right. It's sip something, spit something Saturday. Come on. Nick. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> All right.
So, yeah, Dave, you know, um, I'm excited about this Saturday. This is the first Saturday that we're going to do something like this, the T-Shay show. We're going to, you know, host a sip something, spit something Saturday. Hopefully it gets bigger, you know, as the, okay. le- and as the last Saturday of the month. That's when we're going to do this. Okay. Um, going to host it every last saturday of the month sit something spit something saturday well and so i mean then i just looking ahead i mean that'll be a a decent thing when the weather gets warmer Mm -hmm. um and the restrictions are you know lighter or lifted uh to do something like that down on the stage okay that'd be great Great minds to collide. Well, no, because we have two-way communicate. Like, we help them put that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two-way communication between the stage and here. Like, we can record from down there, and we can broadcast to down there if we need to. So. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to make something happen. Yeah. So it's fun, and it's it's nice having a stage to work with. Yeah. Did quite a few live shows over the years. I got a quick question. Shoot. All right. How do you feel about uh, Kwame getting released? Couldn't care less. You said you couldn't care less. No, I mean, I'm one of those people where, like, it has no impact on my life whatsoever. Yeah. So who cares? Um, you know, I, I, I find it interested, uh, interesting that his it was just his sentence got commuted. Um, you know, he didn't get paroled. or uh, Yeah, he didn't uh, or pardoned. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, he still owes a crap ton of restitution that I doubt it if they ever get, because he, you know, he said he had 97 cents. Well, but you know, now he's out and you know, they'll, you know, I'm sure he'll get a job somewhere or, you know, book movie deal, something, you know, but whatever. Um, no. So, I mean, you know, did, did he do things that were wrong? Yeah. Um, did he do as much wrong? Did he do enough wrong to warrant that kind of time? Probably not. Um, did he kind of bring it on himself? In several ways, yeah. Um, I mean, let's be real. I mean, number one, he got busted by the text messages on his phone, and it was his executive order that said the text messages on city-owned devices had to be managed, had to be maintained. Mm. So he kind of shot himself in the foot there. Um, and 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 the, the sad reality, and and this is a, it's kind of a shitty thing to say, but it's still reality. The rest of America, or even suburban Detroit, was probably not ready for the hip hop mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was. He's a very large in the life person. I met him a couple times. He's a great dude. You know, very outgoing, very loud, very direct, very straight. Um, and, you know, but to people with biases and prejudices, being that big and being that loud painted a target on his back mm-hmm. um, and made it easy. For people to want a gun for him, yeah, um, which is again, an unfor- you know, it's unfortunate that that's reality, but that's reality. Um, I, I do. I mean, I, I hope he gets or, or manages to get his shit together. Um, you know, there are people that have done far worse things that did not do as much time as he did. Um, you know, and I, the the counter argument I always hear is about like you know the pensions and everything that drove the city into bankruptcy and all that kind of stuff. But you look at Again, just based on what he was truly convicted for. Um, eh, I mean, yeah, that helped it along. But, I mean, Detroit's been in rough shape. Let's, let's be – dude, I've been out here since 96. Um, I've had I've been coming down here to cast corridors since 96. Detroit's been teetering on the edge for a long time before oh. that bankruptcy happened. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I just I, honestly, I think it's the unfortunate reality that that he he made himself a target for that, you know, or I mean, granted, I'm sure people already had him as a target. But but he by being 
that big, that loud, that it just, I'm, I'm sure it's a thing, which again, it sucks, but it's reality. That's why, you know, it's not good to be boastful. I think. Well, I mean, there's a, like, and there's a way to do it. Like you can be proud of what you're accomplishing without being a dick. (laughs) that's what i was saying without being boastful it's a it's a difference you know yeah because when you when you put yourself and that's the thing like we had a when you put yourself out there like that people by nature want to gun for you right yeah so i mean it it is i mean it's it's a it's it's a crappy thing but that's that's just unfortunately the way things go but i mean you know and just but it's the same kind of thing like as an entrepreneur you have to walk that fine line um of you know yeah dude i i love what we've built but that doesn't mean i post about it every day doesn't mean i you know and and the other thing is is if you're going to tell people the good you got to tell them the bad yeah you know you can't you know but social you don't media, have to tell them the bad or you you know you could just but you should be mindful of what you disclose you know well, and what you, you put out there that's what i think because i like i like i call it fake book at this point cuz nobody posts that they're having a bad day. It's right. always the, oh, you know, here's the greatest moment of my last week of my life. Click. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, or, oh, my God, look at us. We're such a happy cap. Happy. Man, you guys were just fighting in my basement last week. What the hell do <laughs> you mean, happy cap? Um, but, I mean, you know, it's because, and that's the thing, because people only see the good, the good side of of diving in on your own, and, and they think that it's easy. Right. And it's not. You know, like we, my business partner and I, we spoke at uh, TED, uh, TEDx Detroit two years ago. Okay. Um, and that was a big part of our thing. You know, it is, you know, it's like I always tell people like, look, opportunity knocks. Okay. Um, but you got to answer the door and then you got to open the door and then you got to prepare, be prepared for all the work that comes along after you open the door. Right. You know, it's not just because you have an idea doesn't mean, you know, an idea is nothing without execution. You know, and so you have to be ready for the work that's going to go into that. And I think, like, that's the thing. Like, people, uh, the first thing I tell you is I don't sleep a lot. You know, I, you know, just especially with, you know, multiple studios running and, and, you know, trying to, you know, we've got another one opening up. And Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I get four hours of sleep a night. You know, I've become the master of the power nap. Um, And, you know, there are some months when things are great financially. There are some months when things are eh financially, you know, and you have to be ready for that, you know, because I mean, that's and that's the one the one thing that I hope anybody who ever said oh i'm going to start something up the best piece of advice i can give to anybody cuz and and i this is the only thing that's really saved my sanity is do not quit your job until you absolutely have to like i don't care like do not quit your day job that has a steady paycheck coming in and that kind of stuff until you are forced to like when you when you don't when you, when your side hustle demands that you make it your main hustle then go ahead and ju- and make that jump. Okay. Because I have seen way too many people that have, you know what? I'm just I'm cashing in the chips. I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm jumping ship, and I'm they're just, sick of working, and I'm di- and I'm diving into this thing a whole hog, and then six months later they're homeless and couch surfing. Yeah. You know because they weren't prepared for the realities of it, and that's that's a really shitty lesson to have to learn. Hmm. I totally agree. And, you know, that's the reality of entrepreneurship in the beginning. You know, it's not all glitz and glamour in the Mm -hmm. beginning. It is really not. 
But the reward is, no matter, I think, no is No matter what great. your Instagram shows. Yeah, the reward is great, though. You know? Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Like, And that's why I said, I mean, it's to me, it's... Somebody told me God, 10, 12 years ago at one... Because this whole thing started because of my um, networking group okay. for IT folks. Okay. And we always... We meet in a bar once a month, just hang out, you know, and just chat. You know, mm-hmm. no cover charges, none of that crap. Just show up, chat. Mm-hmm. Um... And somebody told me at one of those, dude, if you could just figure out how to do from nine to five what you do from five to nine, you'd be in heaven. And I think that's the reality. Because again, like everybody's side hustle is usually in that five to nine space. Yeah. Um, or, you know, five to midnight, however, <laughs> or however, however little sleep you think you need. Um, and it's true. And I mean, and, and that's, you know, because that's the thing. You will never... Like, don't get me wrong. That there's that old adage about, oh, if you do what you love, you'll never actually work a day in your life. Yeah, that no, that's bullshit. Right. Um, I, I I do love this, but oh my god, is is it work? And, and is it a pain in the ass sometimes? Um, but th- again, that's okay. And I think that's the other part is, you know, it's not only is it a lot of work, but it's not. It's not going to go the way you think it does. You know, it's, I think it's, you know, I, the same conversation with you that I have with every show before they get started, which is, you know, hey, your first six to 10 episodes are going to be experimental. You know, you, you might think you have it mapped out in your head. You might think you have it planned out in your head. No battle plan ever survived first contact with the enemy. No fight, <laughs> no fight plan ever survived the first front punch to the face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, over the, fr- like, and, it's, and it is, it's those, those first six to 10 episodes I've seen. Shows change hosts. I've seen them change names. I've seen them change topics. I've seen them change everything, everything with within that first six to ten episode window. And it's the same thing with running a business. You know, your your first iteration probably isn't going to be. You know, everybody. It's dumb, but it just jumped into my head, and I always have random synaptic misfires. Everybody knows Heinz fifty seven sauce, right? What were the first fifty six? I, I don't know. Uh but. They had a thought, they had an idea, and it was recipe number fifty-seven that stuck, and okay. and that's and that's what they went with. Um, like I always laugh if you look on a bottle of A one, um, the steak sauce stuff. It says uh, it was started. In, uh, the company started. It was created in eighteen sixty-three, and I'm like, really? So in the middle of the Civil War, somebody said to themselves, "You know what we really read, really need right now." A new steak sauce. <laughs> that's that's what this country needs right now. But they did it, and it's still around, you know, coming up on, you know, 150, 160 years later. Yeah, or, yeah that's years the later. best steak sauce, if you ask it me. It actually is. Uh, well, it, zip sauce. Actually, it depends on the steak. I, I, can be a little, I can be a little bit of a steak snob, st- uh, steak snob sometimes. You said a steak. What's your favorite steak? Uh, go, so if I'm going somewhere that I don't know... Um, it's almost so like I have, I have standards. Like, so if I go to an Italian joint for the first time, I always order chicken Parmesan. Okay. Cause if you're an Italian joint, if you mess up chicken parm, I ain't never coming back. Right. If the chicken parm is good. Okay. Maybe I'll come back and I'll try something else. Steak joint by and large, depending on what kind of place it is, usually either a ribeye or a strip. Okay. Cause those are easy to cook, easy to hit the right temperature, easy to hit, hit the right degrees of done, that kind of stuff. Cause again, it's Okay. Now I can see how you're doing. Um, like I, like strips. You, strips are usually my go-to. Like if I'm feeling fufu, I like maybe I'll get a fillet. But it, it's so hard to get a fillet cooked right that it's not. It's usually not even worth bothering. So just go with a strip or something like that. Oh, okay. And laughably, like I don't, dude. I don't care how many times I go to. Like, dude, I've been 
to Ruth's Chris. I've been to Morton's. I've been to Lally's. I've been at no. That was what I was going to ask you next. Which give you- me a New York. Give me the, actually. I think it's called the Australian Strip from Outback. Mm. It's phenomenal. I'll try that. I never get it, that. It's. Dude, Outback does a great job with their steaks, and and it's and it's just one of, it's one of those dumb things where like really of all places out yeah that they have a great steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bringing up food to mention food, we're gonna be doing like a a restaurant week on the T Shea Show, which cool. we're gonna you know have different owners of different restaurants around the city come on and you know promote their business and you know tell us what type of food that they cook and things like that where cool. they're located so that's gonna be interesting hopefully they bring us some food dave <laughs> well sadly you actually don't want them bringing food in here yeah yeah you're right due to covid well, well, no, give- no honestly it's 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 much simpler than that why the smells get stuck in the oh, acoustic yes, tiles yes 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 <laughs> that couldn't be good either yeah, that's why I always tell people drinks are fine in here, food no. Um, but again, so like that might be something you want to think about for spring, summer, if things relax. Like, so even if it's not on the stage out there, like you can do it like at the tables that are out here, um, you know, and bring another camera out. Uh, yeah, well, and don't forget, we've got the restaurants here too. If you ever wanted to talk to them, I'm friends with all of the owners down there. <laughs> you say you're friends. Yeah. Well, oh, dude, Chef Max uh, from Coop is freaking amazing. Okay. He's such a great guy. Um, is he know- a good chef? Is the food amazing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he, yeah, he's one of the guys. I will never forget when uh, I got the call and said, dude, Max wants to know when you're going to be here. Why? Well, because apparently he's the personal chef for Ice Cube and Cube wants to get into your studio and see what it's like. I was like, oh, I can be there in a half hour. Right. Cool. Um, so, no, yeah. So Max is great. Um, Genevieve uh, from Bangkok is outstanding. Um, I always laugh and joke that she's the Asian grandmother that I never knew I needed. Um, but like, so that's the, yeah. So Coop is the Caribbean joint. Uh, Bangkok is Thai food. Um, the dumplings, the Mo- the Momo place is freaking great. Um, the halal joint, uh, they actually they're relatively new. There used to be a taco place there, um, but they decided they were going to move and go someplace else. Um, and so the but that place, oh my god, the euros from that New York City street food thing. Mm-hmm. I've never had a and I'm a, like a I'm a euro snob. Those are phenomenal. Like either the lamb or the chicken ones are just great. Um, yeah. Instead of the lamb or the chicken. You like lamb chops? I do. Oh, God, yeah. Who doesn't? Okay. Yeah. Now, this is what I was going to ask you. What in your, who, what's the best restaurant in downtown Detroit for a steak? Because <sighs> you've given me some ideas tonight. Man, I don't even know what's open. Like, that's the, that's the sad thing. I mean, thing. yeah, not tonight. But yeah, I mean, I. Everything open February 1st, though. Well, the ones that are still around. Um, you're right. I mean, I always, I got kind of partial to, oh, what the hell was that joint called? Um, oh, the apparatus room does a really good job inside foundation hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that other joint we went to? No, didn't get steaks at Baker's. I forget what we, I forget what we got at Baker's, but of course it was phenomenal. Cause well, it's friggin' Baker's. Uh, Baker's Baker's Lounge. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. 
yeah, that's the place where I had to explain to one of my friends that uh, the four dollar dressing on the on the menu wasn't ranch for their salad; it was stuffing. From, from the, they didn't understand. It was stuffing. Well, you know, dressing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, didn't. Yeah. They okay. didn't know that. Yeah, they he think did, it he was didn't stuffing know. and he not did, dressing. He I didn't know. No, he <laughs> no. Actually, he thought it was like dressing for your salad. Salad, yeah. right? And I was like, no, dude, it's like stuffing, but it's in the bird. Not I, just get it. Shut up. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it, it really just, it wildly, varied. like I said, I, one of, that's one of the things I've got to start paying attention to now, um, or more is, is what's opening and, and what's, you know, what's coming back just because, I mean, I, I love it down here. I mean, I, I'll, I'm here way, well, I'm here a lot, but from here, like, I'll just go bounce around downtown, um, you know, or go, you know, hit someplace. Uh, and you know, like I, I like here, um, and if I'm not, bouncing around downtown then i'm hopping up the street to hamtramck because uh, there's just so many choices and so many great things in hamtramck yeah i totally agree and punchy day's coming up punch what is that uh so uh basically fat tuesday okay. uh so if you, you know you know punchkies i mean if you live out here you have to know what punchkies are i don't okay so they're the donuts that are friggin' huge. Okay, so um, I don't eat a lot of sweets like oh, that, so that's and why so, I don't. So, and they're like they're a big thing on Punchki Day. Okay, um, and they're 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 like a thousand calories each because they're filled with like just the most decadent fillings you've ever had in your life. Oh my um, god! And so I mean, they're 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 diabetes waiting to happen, but they're so <laughs> but they're so good. Um, and and that's that's it's a Polish thing, and obviously big Polish community in Hamtramck. Um, but like a lot of the bars there uh, do what they call punchki bombs, where they cut they cut them in quarters uh, and then use the filling uh, and make it make a more alcoholic filling. Um, and so it's like doing a shot out of a donut, and it's just it's it's all kinds of fun. I'm starting uh, turning my phone off for the show day. <laughs> It's uh, I find myself forgetting sometimes because I always like even though I I don't need a nav system to get here. I know where the hell I'm going now. I always turn my nav on um, just because it knows about traffic, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so like if there's an accident, I can I can work my way around it, that kind of stuff. Um, and I always like getting out of my car. I've had to train myself. All right. Soon as I get out of my car, volume down, media volume down. And, and then I'll walk in here because if not. More than once, I've like, because I, I just throw my phone in my back pocket and then I'll walk in, take my phone out, and put it, and then it'll ring, and then I'll feel like an idiot. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nice talking to you today, Dave. It was a good chat. Yep. Always fun. Yep. 